for joining us for another lesson taught by Dr. Jeffrey Harris, Senior Pastor of Antioch Fellowship Church in Florence, South Carolina. We are reaching the lost, making disciples and enjoying life. We pray that this lesson is a blessing to you as you walk in your God-given purpose. Now, here is the message. Come on in. Come on, let's give it up. Come on in. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now look at John chapter one. Today I'm going to get into the series, what I'm teaching on today. I'm teaching on understanding the grace of God for maximized living. Understanding the grace of God for maximized living. Now this series is going to help us. Just like, you know, I had five keys to kingdom success. I was talking about the first key to the kingdom of faith. The second key, we're going to talk about grace. But the title of the day is Understanding the Grace of God for Maximized Living. Now, this is going to help us. If we get a hold of it, it's going to help us in our family series. First of all, I got to deal with grace first. We deal with faith. Then we got to deal with grace, okay? And, you know, we're going to deal with love and all that. But this family series is going to be powerful because I think a lot of us, not, not us in here, but a lot of people have started governing their family by the news media. They govern their family by talk shows and not really govern their family by what the Bible says. So we're going to have to get back to the Bible. Amen. Somebody said back to the Bible. Back to the Bible. Say it again. Because if you're not careful, you'll get away from the Bible. Hey, I said it again. If you're not careful, you'll get away from the Bible because what you watch the most will influence you. What you hear the most will influence your thinking. Amen, somebody. So you got to be hearing the word of God on marriage, hearing the word of God on parenting, hearing the word of God on family, hearing the word of God on relationships. Are you hearing me today? But this grace message is going to help all of us. John chapter 1 and verse 14. It says this, and the word became flesh and dwell among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me preferred. Somebody said preferred. Said preferred. Preferred before me, for he was before me. And, verse 16, of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. For the law was given to Moses, talking about the Ten Commandments, but grace and truth came, watch this, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, if you are a believer and you have accepted Jesus Christ in your life, then you got just as much grace as you will ever have. But you got to know how to activate it. You got to know what to do with it. Because it came through Jesus Christ. What did it mean? What he's talking about, the unmerited favor for us to receive Christ or to get connected to God came through Jesus Christ. You couldn't work for it. Come on, somebody. It was unearned. It was a gift from God. Are you listening to me? I accept the gift, therefore I'm born again. That's mostly what grace is all about. That's what Paul talks about. Amen? Now, I'm going to give you a definition of grace. Now, first of all, before I get ahead of myself, because this is a long teaching, let me slow down a little bit and get into teaching mode. We are in this dispensation called grace. Now, dispensation is not a big word. Dispensation is a period of time under which mankind is answerable to God for how it's, watch this, how it has obeyed the revelation of God that has, they have received. The term dispensation is found twice in the New King James Version. It talk about the dispensation of the fullness of time and the dispensation of the grace of God is in uh, Ephesians 2, 3, and 2. Now, there are seven dispensations now. The first dispensation is a dispensation of innocence. That from the creation of the fall of Adam and Eve and God sending them out of the Garden of Eden. 
The second dispensation is consciousness. The covenant of Abram ending with the judgment of the flood. The third dispensation is human government. The covenant with Noah extended to the time of Abraham. Abraham promises. Then you have the Mosaic law that was given to Moses. Then you have now the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and his ascension, watch this, and his second coming. His ascension, listen to me good, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, when I'm talking about his second coming, let me, let me, let me uh, straighten this out. I'm not talking about when he come back with the saints. I'm not, not talking about that. I'm talking about his death, death, burial, and resurrection. See, Jesus came first time. He was, a, was what, a baby, right? And he grew up. That was his first coming. See, people don't understand that. When you say second coming, they think when Jesus is going to appear in the sky. No, 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 no. I'm talking about here, his death, burial, and resurrection. Are you listening to me? Then we're going to get talk about the second coming, which is the kingdom. Are you listening to me? Then the third, well, that's the sixth dispensation, is the kingdom. The seventh dispensation is the thousand-year reign, Christ over the nation. So there are seven dispensations. We are not in any one of them but grace. That's what we're in right now, the grace dispensation. We're dealing with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay, and his ascension to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus Christ is not in the earth. The Holy Spirit is in the earth doing the work. Are you listening to me? So we're talking about this dispensation of grace. Now, a lot of times people take grace and they just try to make it deep. It's not deep. It's just a dispensation. That's all it is. You know, it's dealing with Jesus. It's all dealing, it's dealing with you don't have to earn salvation. You just receive it. That's plain. But there are different dimensions that the believer got to operate in to maximize their living here on earth. So if you just operate in one dimension, then that's how you're going to live. But there are several dimensions to grace that we all can operate in and maximize our lives here on earth. Are you listening to me? Just like there are different dimensions of faith. Y'all remember? There are different dimensions of faith. The first one was redemptive faith. Y'all remember that? The second one was, I think, reigning faith. The third one was, what was the third one? Y'all help me out, somebody. Y'all don't remember? The third one was, the first one was redemptive. That means being saved. The second one was righteousness. The third one was redemptive. And the fourth one was reigning. And the fifth one was radical. So there were five levels of faith I talked about. But I said the majority of the believers operate in that first dimension. They saved. And that's what they talk about. But they can't stand the rain. They can't stand the storm. Come on. They can't, they can't endure uh, persecution. Are you listening to me? So that although it's faith, but it's a different dimension that we live in. So grace is the same way. Most folks just live in that first saving grace. That's where they live. I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. Therefore, I can sin like I want to sin. You know, I, I'm not going to go going to hell. I can do what I want to do. I'm not going to hell. But see, that's that that type of living, that type of attitude is not a witness for the kingdom. And not knowing the same grace can help you, can prevent you or stop you from doing what you're practicing. Same, it's the same grace, but we don't understand that. We just stand that one area saying that we saved. You can't talk me out of being saved. You can't say, you say what you want, so I know I'm saved. Yeah, but who are you helping? What are you living? The same grace that got you saved can keep you from doing what you do. But it all depends on your level of understanding of grace. Are you listening to me? So, so let me move on. I just want to introduce that to you for a minute. I didn't want to get too deep into it, but I got to explain some things to you. Now, um, grace, let me give you a definition of grace. It's favor or kindness shown without regard to the worth or merit of the one who received it. In spite of what the person deserves, grace is favor or kindness shown without regard to the worth or merit of the one who received it and in spite of what the person deserves. God's grace 
is one of the key attributes of God. God's grace is one of the key attributes of God. Let me give you the definition again. Grace, favor, or kindness shown without regard to the worth or merit of the one who received it. And in spite of, now this definition is good, in spite of what the person deserves. But grace is one of the key attributes of God. Number two. Although the grace of God is always free and undeserved, it must not be taken for granted. I said it again. Number two, although the grace of God is always free and undeserved, it must not be taken for granted. Grace is only enjoyed. Well, listen to this good. This was powerful when I read this. Grace is only enjoyed within the covenant. Hmm. In other words, the gift is given by God and the gift is received by people through repentance and faith. Although the gift is given, you still got to receive the gift in order to benefit from the gift. Glory to God. Woo! I said this is awesome right there. Even though the gift is already given, you have to receive the gift to benefit from the gift. And you receive it through repentance and faith. Number three, the grace of God was supremely revealed and given in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. The person and the work of Jesus Christ. The person and the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus was not only the benefactor of God's grace, according to Luke chapter 2, verse 40, we'll look at that in a minute, but was also very embodied bringing it to humanity or mankind for salvation. That was the gist of Paul's message. We have taken it and did everything with it except what it really, truly was meant for. Oh, my God. Number four. The way of salvation for any person, any person, is through grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you got to believe that. Let me, let me stop there. You got to believe that. Because if you don't, then you'll be up and down in your salvation. You'll be up and down. One day you'll say you're saved. The next day you don't know whether you're saved. Are you listening to me? And you people will talk you out of what you believe. You got to believe that's the only way and you got to stick to it. No matter what folk try to show you, what they try to, how they try to interpret the script, you got to stick to that. The Bible plainly say that Jesus Christ is the way to God. Because in this day and time, in this hour we live in, people don't know what they believe because we have gotten away from the teaching of the word of God. That's all about energy, all about, come on, psychologically what you believe. No, 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 no. Come on, somebody. It comes back to plainly what do the Bible say within the proper context. Jesus Christ is the way to salvation. It's the only way you would connect it back to God or through him. Amen. So grace is powerful. Number four, or whatever number four. Number four. Number five. The grace of God revealed in Jesus Christ is applied to human beings for their salvation by the Holy Spirit, who are called the Spirit of Grace. Jesus is not in the earth, so grace is in the earth through the Holy Spirit. Why are you looking for something you already have? You have the grace of God inside of you. You just got to know how to tap into it by faith and get the benefits of grace. My Lord in heaven. I found out in my own life. Come on, somebody. Wait, things that you're weak in, you got to tap into the grace of God inside of you by faith. Come on, somebody. You have to tap into it by faith. And you got to know that grace has the ability to prevent and to help you. Come on, somebody, to restrain you. Because love is the grace of God. Come on, somebody. That's all love is. 
Love is the grace of God. The Bible said the love of God constraineth me. Amen. So all this is going to be helpful when we deal with our family series. The spirit of grace. The spirit of God is the one who binds Christ to his people so that they receive forgiveness, adoption of sonship, newness of life, as well as spiritual gifts and grace. Number six. That's what Paul really was trying to get over to the New Testament Christians in the uh, book of Acts on through the epistles. He was trying to get that to the people that it was by grace through faith that you are born again. Are you listening to me? Now the law, number seven, the law of Moses revealed, now catch this now. The law of Moses are the Ten Commandments was revealed or revealed the righteousness will of God in the midst of a pagan darkness. That means at the time, that's how the righteousness God would reveal was through the law. It was God's gracious gift to Israel. But he, watch this, but his will was made complete when Jesus brought the gospel of grace into the world. My God in heaven. It's complete. It's complete. I said again, Jesus brought the grace of God into the world. And what he's saying, you have to believe and receive what already been provided for you. Are you hearing me? This is going to help you and your family. It's going to help you maximize the grace of God for maximizing living. You're going to understand this grace. Now, turn your Bible over to the book of First Peter. Chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read this, uh, I think verse 17. Let's see if I can get this. Uh, John, stay to John uh, 1, 14 through 17. I'm going to read this, uh, verse 16 and 17, uh, out of the Amplified Bible. It says this, verse 16. For out of his fullness, abundance, glory to God, <laughs> First. Uh, John chapter 1, verse. look at verse 16, before we go to 1 Peter. For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with, glory to God. For out of his fullness, Jesus, out of his abundance, we have all received all had a share, and we were, were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Glory to God! I'm telling you right now, that I'm, I'm ready. That, man, that's, y'all, y'all got to catch that right there. See, you got it, you have it, but most of us are living beneath. The grace of God, what God has provided for you and I, we live in beneath that because we're waiting on God to do something. I'm telling you, God ain't doing anything else. He's already done what he's going to do. You got to release your faith now and receive what he already made available for you. Amen. You got to tap into that grace. It's there to help you. It's there to strengthen you. Glory, hallelujah. He said this. Watch this now. Upon spiritual blessings and even favor upon favor. My God, favor upon favor. My Lord in heaven. Upon favor and gift, heat upon gift. For while the law was given through Moses' grace, watch this, unearned, undeserved. My God in heaven. See, you try, see, see, this is the problem with church. That's why I told you uh, I'm, I'm about the kingdom. God transferred my thinking, transformed my thinking. God told me, leave church alone and start talking about the kingdom. Tell people to come to church and learn about the kingdom. You come to church and learn about the kingdom. 
I said, you come to church to learn about the kingdom, but it's not about four walls. It's not what this is about. Amen, somebody. But you come to fellowship, worship. Come on, somebody. See, there's nothing like a corporate anointing. Don't let folk trick you. There's nothing like a corporate anointing. The corporate anointing, one of the strong anointing anybody can walk in is a corporate anointing. Why? Because two of us gather together in the night, they are in the midst. And the Bible says where we are in unity, there he commanded his blessing. Two is better than one, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through, down through 12. Amen. So I, I want you to see this. Now, now he said it's unearned, undeserved, watch this, favor and spiritual blessings. And the truth came through Jesus Christ. It's unearned, undeserved favor and spiritual blessings that can, and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Watch this now. It is already inside of you. It's already available for you and to you. Come on, somebody. But you got to be received by faith. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Somebody say hallelujah. Give me another hallelujah. Praise God. Now watch this now. Turn me your Bible to first. Uh, Peter chapter 4. Now, now we're going to get into the six dimensions of grace. Now we're going to get ready to walk in something. Now, now, now make sure you, you know, put your seatbelts on now. Now I want you to catch this because I've seen this work. See, God will meet you on whatever level you're on. See, that God is so perfect. He's so loving. If you want to stay Broke, poor, sick, he'll leave you right there. He'll love you, broke, poor, sick. But if you want to raise the level of your expectations and you want to release your faith for better, for more, come on, somebody, to do more, to have more, to be more, then God will meet you there too. It's up to you. Amen, somebody. First Peter chapter four. You got to walk in this. It's going to help your family out too. Yeah, I'm telling you, help minds out. Help minds now. See, I found out if you don't know how to operate in the grace of God, you'll be arguing, mad, attitude, every time you turn around, got an attitude because somebody's not what you want them to be. So I need you to notate that. But I got a revelation years ago. That's why every Sunday I'm the same. I'm the same. Not saying I may not be going through anything, but I'm living by faith, see? I'm living by faith. I got a revelation a long time ago. And y'all get this revelation, especially parents. If you got teenage children, or you're going to have teenage children, or adult children, or whoever, get this revelation. You can want more for them than they want for themselves. So it's not about making them become what you want them to be. You want them to get a revelation of what God wants them to be. Somebody ought to say amen. Come on, I like that hand clap. And the grace is on their life to be what God called them to be. Are you hearing me? Grace reveals things to you. No, you know, people say my hands are tired. They, they, what they're saying is that I can't do anything else. I don't release this to God. Look at chapter four. What chapter four? And you sleep good. So I sleep good. Somebody said, I sleep real good. Say it again. So you got to sleep good once you do that. Cause I, I mean, it was a time that, you know, I, 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 would, I would say I was sleeping good, but I was still up in my mind. My body was in the bed. My body was in the bed. But when I laid my head down, I couldn't rest. Mentally. And I'm telling you, that's worse than physical tiredness. But I learned through the grace of God. I learned how to release things. Oh, glory to God. I learned there was strength in the grace of God. I learned where I was weak at the grace of make up the difference. 
and make me strong in that area. But I have to know how to tap into it. I have to know and I have to exercise the word of God. Said so casting all of your care, not some, but all of your care on him because he cared for me. He cared enough about me that he don't want me to worry. That's that grace. <laughs> Look at chapter 4, verse number 7. First Peter. But the end of all things in which is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Above all, all things have fervent love. Above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sin. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift. Each one has received a gift minister or serve. I want you to understand that serve because most folk think that means preacher. It can mean that it could, you can apply it to that, but there are manifolds, there are manifolds uh, application to this. And the one is the, uh, a minister is a servant. See, that's the catch. That's why most people can't minister effectively. They don't have an effective ministry. See, effectiveness is not how many people follow you. Effectiveness is how many people follow you that change it. You got to make a note of that. Amen, somebody. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I was telling somebody, I said, I'm not a good teacher if I don't see people learning. But I understand most people can say, honestly, say, I've, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm developing. Because if you don't, then you get, you're giving deaf ear to the word. You got you bad ground. Because the word, if you receive the word, you got to develop and grow. So it's not on the word, it's on us whether we grow or not. <laughs> one, one plant, one water, and God get an increase. See, if you're being plant and being water, increase got to come, but it's based on the ground. See, if you got a, if you got a hard, hard, hard head, then you ain't going to receive the word. So you're not going to grow. You'll be carnal. You'll still be carnal. That's why you see a lot of people been in church 30 years, but they still got the same conduct. They still mean. They still nasty. They still got a nasty attitude. They still lying. They still cheating. Still doing everything they can do because they really have not grown in the grace of God. We grow in the grace. Somebody said we grow in the grace of God. They have not grown in the grace of God. We're really talking about growing in the word. Grace and the word is the same. Jesus Christ and the word, Jesus Christ and grace, God and grace, God and love. Come on. Amen, somebody. A gift, minister it, minister it to one another. Serve one another. Serve one another. Love one another. Pray for one another. See, that's that, that's that one another ministry. Come on. Help one another. Admonish one another. Serve, what's this? It said, minister it to one another as God, as good, I'm, I'm sorry, as good stewards, as good stewards of the what? Manifold grace of God. Of the what? See, the word manifold is the key word here. Now, I'm going to read this out of Amplified Bible. So you got to have, you got to really do your homework when you try to be a Bible teacher. You can't just say anything, you know. Go on, well, I heard somebody teach. They may be wrong. You got to get, you got to get this, you got to get in this word for yourself. You got to get in it for yourself. First Peter chapter 4 
And we're going to look at verse number seven. Yeah. First Peter four and seven. Let me get in the Amplified Bible. I think that's where I'm in Amplified. First Peter four and verse seven. I don't know why I'm getting this. Uh, okay. All right. I want to go down to verse number. Go down to verse ten. They do. We got verse ten on the screen. Okay, verse ten. Okay, okay. I, I was I going to start up there, but I, I want. I'm going to start at verse ten. Start at verse ten. I got it right here. I'm going to start at verse ten. As each of you has received a gift, each of us, each born again believer. Now he's not talking to the world here. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the kingdom now. He's talking to believers. As each of you have received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious, watch this, divine empowerment. Each of us had received a particular spiritual talent. Now catch this now. The problem is that most people don't know what they are graced to do. See, they don't know. See, see, if you're not graced to do something, you're not going to be proficient at it. It's not going it, to be beneficial. You're not going to be able to flow in it like you should. I'm graced to be a pastor and teacher. That's what I'm graced to do. I'm not graced to be an evangelist. Although I can do the work of evangelist, that's not what my grace is. I'm not graced to be a musician. I'm not graced to do that. I'm graced. You see, it's not me. It's a spiritual. It's something that God put on you. See, can't nobody put this on you. Bible school can't put this on you. They can shop in the axe, but they can't put, put it on you. Only God can put this on you. Only God can cause a person who used to have so, I used to have a low self-esteem, I wouldn't even go inside of a restaurant because I thought you were better than me. Only God can do this. But it's, it's, it's because of the humility side of this that more grace, I ain't going to get into that yet. I ain't going to get on that yet. I ain't get on that yet. <laughs> Let me finish reading this. I'm going to stay with me. I'm going to stay, stay with, with what I'm doing. Watch this now. Remember this now. As each of us has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, what are you doing with it for the kingdom? If you grace to do certain things, then that grace, and if you ain't grace to do it, then sometimes, you know, uh, People will say this in a minute. My, my grace, grace doesn't lift it. I got to do something. No, 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 no. No grace lifted. No grace, because God ain't lifted. Look at the, look at the Bible. Where did grace come from? Where did grace come from? It come from God. The grace ain't lifted. No, what? No, what it is? You just don't, we don't got pride in the midst. We done got lifted up. Come on now. Y'all hear me? Amen. But we don't want to be honest. That's something about this. This is the, I said uh, on Facebook, this is the lionest Christian generation I've seen. This is the lion. I ain't never seen so many lying believers in my whole life. I mean, and don't know they got the grace to help them tell the truth. They'll stand. <laughs> they want you to side in with the lie. No, 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 I can't do that. Can't do it. Now, now, see, you got to understand a spirit, a particular spiritual talent, a graceful, divine, divine endowment. Divine, divine, divine. That means it's not natural, right? It's super, right? It means it don't come from a natural person. 
I can do administrative stuff. I've been trained, been taught. I can do some accounting stuff, been trained, been taught. But I'm not graced for that. That's why I call Sister Lana, Elder, I call somebody, you know, that knows this stuff, you know, administrative stuff. I call them. Because I'm not graced to do that. I can do it. But I'm doing that. I'm thinking about the word. I'm thinking about trying to, you know, I'm looking at administrative stuff. And you got to know administrative stuff, you know, to, to operate any kind of operation. You got to know something about administration. But my whole thing is you got to be graced. You got to know what you're graced to do. That's the bottom line. You got to know what you're graced to do. And the grace of God is inside of you. Look what it says here. A gracious divine endowment implored it for one another as benefits. God, good trustees of God, this is what I want you to see. Many-sided grace. Somebody, I want you to underline many-sided grace. I want you to write that down. Many-sided grace. Many sides. There are many sides of the grace or many dimensions of grace. Faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by what? Unmerited favor. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So now there are many sides to this grace. Let's look at the first side. Uh, let's look at the first dimension. The first dimension is saving grace. Somebody says saving grace. Says saving grace. Now look with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to take my time to go through this series so you can maximize your living on the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8. Now when you look up this word, this Greek word, it is C A R I S, chorus. It's like charisma, chorus. C A R I S. It comes from charisma, favor, blessing, gracious care, help, goodwill, and endowment. Ephesians 2, and what I say? 8. Look at verse number uh, 8. Are you there? 2 and 8. It says this, for by grace, for by what? For by what? Same word. Same word. For by grace, you have been what? For by grace, you have been saved. How? Through what? Although grace made it available, watch this now, it was unearned, right? undeserved, but it's not automatic. It has to come through faith. In other words, I have to believe and receive it. Oh, Jesus. And not a works, it's not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not a work, at least anyone should boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what kind of work? Good words which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Go to uh, Romans chapter 6. Go to Romans chapter 6. This is saving grace. Somebody says saving grace. Verse number 1. Are you there? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Watch this. I don't know about your Bible. Verse 2 says, certainly not. Certainly not. He put emphasis on certainly not. Do you see that? He he says, certainly not. Uh, It says, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer to it? Certainly not. Because you are I have the grace of God inside of you. We're in this grace dispensation. He said this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound. 
In other words, he's saying, you think the more you sin, the stronger grace gets. See, what you practice the most, you'll become proficient at it. See, you practice certain unholy living, you get proficient at living unholy. You practice righteousness, the Bible says, you'll start living according to what you practice. If you start practicing the grace of God, you'll start living in the grace of God. Amen. Look at verse number uh, verse number six. Well, I'll leave that for there. Go to Romans chapter five. I'll leave. I'll come back there. Y'all can read on your own time. Go to Romans chapter five. Just read from verse one through verse 15 on your own time. Romans chapter five. Look at verse number one. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this what? Into this what? Into this grace. So that's saving grace. Somebody says saving grace. Now, I say that again. 95 to 99 of believers live in that dimension. They live in the saving grace. They don't go in the Father. And God will meet you there. No problem. Dimension number two, dimension number two is submitting grace. Somebody says submitting grace. Now, this submitting grace works for all believers who will work it by faith, who will walk in it by faith. <laughs> go to 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5. Listen, if you find a person who do not submit or don't want to submit, whether it's government authority, whether spiritual authority, that person do not have an understanding of the grace of God. They don't have, a, they have an understanding of that saving grace. That's it. Amen. First Peter chapter five, submitting grace. Somebody says submitting grace. Say it again. Chapter five, look at verse number five. This is good. When I found this out, I was able to submit. I learned this a long time ago. Amen. The Bible says submit to one another, right? In the fear of the Lord. Talking about husband and wife, submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. Uh, but really, most people will not talk verse number 20. They jump to 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most men, they, they didn't know no better because the folk who taught them didn't know no better. They said, why submit to your own husband? But they didn't read up further when it says submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. See, the key is the fear of the Lord what's going to cause you to submit to one another. Because we're referencing God in our relationship, see. We love one another, but it's not about this. We're referencing God in this. How does God feel about what I'm doing? Is it lining up with the Does God love what I'm doing? Is what I'm doing pleasing to God? That's referencing God. Amen. Is it pleasing in the eyesight of God? Is what I'm saying to Pastor Gwen pleasing in the outside of God? If it's not, I got, I got to get it right. I got, I got, I got to see, I'm, I'm submitting to one another as unto the Lord. It's not as unto really her, it's as unto the Lord. Say, I, what is the Lord saying about me the way I treat her? Come on, somebody. Now, I'm, I'm preaching good, husband and wife. Y'all need to be watching this good today. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Come on now. How did the Lord, did the Lord, did the Lord take pleasure in how I talk to her? The Lord take pleasure in how I treat her. The Lord take pleasure in how she treat me. The Lord take pleasure in how she talk to me. <laughs> the Lord take pleasure in what we do as individual believers. And the Lord please in what you're doing. 
I tell, I remember Pastor Gore talking, if somebody we were talking, she was telling me, and the person was married. And I said, go back and tell that person, tell that person that they are, they are still talking to a married person. I said, go back and tell them. Pastor Gore said, okay. Pastor Gore said, I'm going to let them know. I said, because they asked, us to, asked her the question. And she came back, she was telling me, I said, go back and tell me. I said, Cole, is God pleased with it? See, that's the thing. Is God pleased with it? It's not about me. It's not about her. It's not about you. It's not about, is God pleased with it? Thank you for that one hand clap. Is God pleased with it? See, the grace of God will help me in areas. Yes, it will. It will strengthen me in areas where I'm weak. By faith. Praise God. Watch this now. Look at verse number five. Likewise, you young people, submit yourself to your elders. Now, see, they take, see, a lot of people talk white out and tuck that right out of the Bible. See, if you find people, young or old, that do not understand that they have within them the grace of God to submit. So if they don't understand it and they don't know how to release that, then there will always be people who are rebellious. Likewise, you young people, submit yourself to your elder. Yes, all of you be submissive to what? One another and be clothed how? For God. For God. Now this is what now this is what God is doing this. See, see, in the old covenant, when they said God killed people, God was the enemy, but they didn't have no revelation of Satan in the Old Testament. But here in the new covenant, God is resisting the proud. But he gives grace to the In other words, if you're not walking in humility, then that means you're walking in pride, and that's why you cannot submit. You know, I don't have to tell Pastor Gwen to submit. I don't have to tell her. I don't even quote that scripture. Amen. Submit simply means to yield. That's all it means. don't mean you're a doormat. It means yield. You have to yield. Yeah, have the right attitude in the situation. You got to yield. Submit to, what's this now? Be clothed in humility so God resists the proud and give grace to the humble. Grace. Grace. Submitting grace. You can't tell me you understand the grace of God, you don't submit. I was telling a young man that he's he, you know, he he knows grace more and better than anybody knows grace, and he ain't submit to anybody. You show me a man that's not submitted, I show you a rebellious man or woman. Cause none of us really want anybody to tell us what to do. That's why folk don't wear the faith masks and stuff. They don't want folk telling them what to do. That's why they don't. They don't want folk telling them what to do. We are a rebellious generation. But I'm not worried about the rebellion if we get a revelation of the grace, the strength to help us submit when we don't want to. When we don't want to submit. Somebody told me, said, it took everything in me and some more. Not to say what I would get ready to say. I said, you just went to another level. You just went to another level. You tapped into that grace to help you. Come on, somebody. Woo, hallelujah. And I don't want to know what you were getting ready to say. 
Don't even tell me. Amen. James talk about the submitting grace. Somebody says submitting grace. We know this grace. I got to close. We know this grace, but we are not submitting. Governor authority. Governor authority tell you, you know, X, Y, Z, you don't do that. Don't, you know, come on now. I'm going to say this too. Listen. When the police stop you, listen closely to me now. Give them your license, your registration, and your insurance card. If they tell you step out, I said, sir, can I unbuckle my seatbelt? First. I'm going to take this hand, unbuckle the seatbelt, take it, unbuckle the seatbelt. But they ask you if you have weapons or anything, and they, you got to tell them to. And unbuckle the seatbelt, you get out. Do not be rebellious against authority. As a believer, I'm trying to tell you this. See, it, go, it plays a part. In, see, the Bible helps us in every area of our lives. Come on, somebody. I said, thank God for the word. Come on, say, thank God for the word. Say it again. Thank God for the word. This grace is a powerful thing. And I'm going to pick up here next week. Come on, give it up for Jesus. I'm out of time. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Stand to your feet, everybody. Never like to end a broadcast without giving people the opportunity to know Jesus. In other words, to become a part of the kingdom. Nicodemus asked Jesus, what should a man do to be saved in the kingdom of God? Then he told him, you must be born again. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. So we want to pray a prayer with you. If you pray this prayer and believe in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. Just say this with me. Say, dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. He died for my sins and he was buried and you raised him from the dead. Now, Lord Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. I'm born again. I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus name. Amen. Ma'am or sir, if you said that prayer and you really believe it in your heart, why don't you inbox us, uh, call us and we'll send you some information to help you with your Christian walk. Our phone number is 843. 843- Six two nine nine seven one zero. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has been a blessing to you as you walk in your God-given purpose. Your support, love, and prayers are essential to Antioch Fellowship Church as we continue to reach the lost, make disciples, and enjoy life. Please visit us at www.antiochchurchonthemove.org.